0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. When Jesus received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is the second to last word that Jesus spoke from the cross. The last one we hear from the evangelist, St. John. We learn from the others that Jesus' last word is actually a prayer that commends himself into his Father's hands. With that word, Jesus teaches us a beautiful prayer to say before we go to sleep, reminding us that when we die, death is nothing but a sleep, from which one day he will awaken us at his coming. But we'll save that for another time. So what does Jesus mean when he says, it is finished? Well, let's start with some grammatical stuff as we take it apart. In Greek, we only get one word, tetelestai, for those three English words. This word, as Jesus spoke, it is special because it doesn't just mean the event is over with, but it carries with it a greater weight. This Particular verb tense means that it has ongoing significance, that it's true going forward from that time forward. I usually like to think of it like this, that if you were to drop a stone in the middle of a still pond, out from where the stone fell in, the water would ripple out in every direction. Not a bit of the surface of the pond would be left undisturbed. This is important because it helps us understand what happened to the faithful, stretching all the way back into the Old Testament, even back to Adam and Eve. Some suppose that God had designated a special place for the Old Testament faithful to go when they died, and that Christ had to appear and die and rise again and then rescue them out of that place. Thus, the doctrine of purgatory was born. It became a holding place for those who died in the faith. But the New Testament is clear on this point, that Abraham, even during the life and ministry of Jesus, is alive in heaven. Jesus portrays him thus in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. We know that Moses is also alive and in heaven because he appears with Elijah at the transfiguration of Jesus. Now, Elijah... He's a little bit of a cheater because he did not taste death. Neither did Jesus' ancestor Enoch. Not one of those two men actually faced death. Jesus even says that when Moses writes about God being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we heard that just a few weeks ago, it shows that these men are actually alive. He says, God is the God of the living not the god of the dead but you might say then well weren't all of these people just simply saved through the old testament sacrifices the answer to that question is found in hebrews 10 verse 4 which says this it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins so then what was the point Of the countless gallons of blood that were shed over generations of Jewish sacrifices. Was all of that simply just a show? Well, those sacrifices did play an important role in the life of Israel. They served to point the people of Israel forward to the time when Jesus would come. Those sacrifices showed that the only way to atone for sin was by a death, that the shedding of blood was necessary for the forgiveness of sins. This, by the way, is why the Israelites in the Old Testament were not allowed to consume any of the blood of the animals that they either sacrificed or that they cooked and ate at home. He says, the life is in the blood. Thus... When Jesus says, it is finished, he is bringing to completion, he is fulfilling all of the Old Testament sacrifices which pointed directly to him at the cross. From the first lamb that was slain by God himself in the Garden of Eden to clothe Adam and Eve in their naked shame, all the way up to the sacrifices that remained even during his lifetime. When Jesus says, it is finished, he's not saying, well, that's over with. It's done. What he means is that it's consummated. It's fulfilled. It's brought to perfection. As the writer of Hebrews says, but as it is, Christ has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus' sacrifice brings to completion all of the Old Testament sacrifices, all of the rites of the Old Testament are fulfilled in Him. This is important because it not only means that we are freed from those things and that we no longer need to observe them, but it also has lasting, yet I say eternal, significance for us. But as I said, this particular word, it is finished, to telesty, touches everything. Not just what has come before the crucifixion. This means that Christ's sacrifice isn't something that is consigned to history, consigned to the past. And now we simply have to get on with our lives and move on forward from there. To the world... And to our fallen nature, it appears that it is finished is a cry of failure for they are hanging between two dead thieves. It appears that Jesus is finished to the casual observer. This is not completion, but it is utter failure. It is the end of all the grand hopes and promises that Christ made his birth announcement had advertised him as the one who is born king of the Jews. He announced the coming of his kingdom. In his very first sermon, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He spoke so beautifully about to whom this kingdom was for. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What kind of kingdom is this? What kind of comfort do we find here? What kind of inheritance is this? He told Pilate that he was a king. Pilate, mostly as a dig against the Jewish leadership, wrote the charge above his head, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. But has the time come to face the fact that it, rather, that he is finished and that his kingdom is over before it starts? In the beginning of this gospel, John writes these famous words that we hear every year at Christmas in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. These words were written about Christ. As darkness covered the face of the land from noon until the death of Jesus, the incarnate Word of God shone forth and was not overcome by the darkness. It is not over. It is finished it is finished. That is, your salvation is finished, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness of cancer and disease has not overcome it. The darkness of hurts and past wrongs has not overcome it. The darkness of this world's assault on the truth has not overcome it. The darkness of sin and death has not overcome it. In this, the dying life of our Lord Jesus, we find the light of men. But the darkness did not, has not, and will not overcome it. When Jesus says that it is finished, that means that there is nothing more to be done That is needed to bring you into his kingdom. He has done it. He has reconciled you to God the Father. And he has given you both his life and his light. And that light throws its bright beams on your path. That you may indeed see clearly what kind of kingdom, what comfort, what inheritance is yours. We heard earlier that his is not an earthly kingdom that will rise and fall with the passage of time. His comfort is the kind that passes all human understanding, knowing that though God has told you that you will face tribulation in this world, but that he has also told you, and yet I have overcome the world. In fact, John adds, That by his death, Jesus has overcome the world. And he says, by our faith, we have also overcome the world, and the victory is ours. The last thing, is this cross our inheritance? You better believe that it is. A disciple is not above his master but will be like his master in every way. St. Paul tells us, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may be glorified with him. People loved by God, The cross is your inheritance because by it and by your baptism into the death of Jesus, you have been made God's child and you have been made an heir of God with Christ Jesus. He bids you to take up your cross and to follow him. But when you do, you will find him there already shouldering the burden for you. Because it is finished. He has already done it. Your salvation is finished now and forevermore. For he has done it. It is finished. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.